Homemakers, our show is made possible by a few carefully selected advertisers and because of our Patreon friends. If you haven't yet, we invite you to show your love for the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. There you will receive downloads to both of our cookbooks, exclusive access to snippets of the Homemaker Chic book as it's being written, and a private invitation at the end of every season to join us for our live fangirl party call. You can be a part of Homemaker Chic and show your support for the show by visiting patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast. And now let's rock this show. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) welcome to season 12. Angela, season 12. Unbelievable. Happy summer. It's finally here. Happy summer. I have a sweat stash. (laughs) You know it's summer when Angela's sweating above her upper lip. (laughs) Because that never happens in the winter. (laughs) We are yes. so glad that you're here with us. So glad. Season 12. Here we go. Thank you for the break. We, that was a much needed break for us and our families. I think we both got our respective gardens in. Not that there's not always something to do, but perfect timing. Yes, very good timing. So if you're new here, this is Homemaker Chic Podcast, and this is where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. I was talking to my friend Natalie about our theme, which is Red lips, no denim jumpers. Mm-hmm. We are we are your new generation of homemakers, okay? And right. she says, I think you guys need to change your theme to no yoga pants. Red lips and no Seriously. yoga pants. Maybe we could just a little a little tack on <laughs> red lips, no denim jumpers, and mm-hmm. absolutely no yoga pants. And we just alienated <laughs> like 78% of our audience right there. Unless it's so hot that that would be inappropriate because mm-hmm. it gets a little swampy in the summer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, here we are. Well, here we are. Yep, homemakers, we're here with you. I'm Shay Elliott of ShayElliott.com and TheElliottHomestead.com. And this is my beautiful co-host, Angela Reed of ParisianFarmGirl.com. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm, okay. I need to get a, I'm psyched. I want to get a little I know, bit I can more tell. psyched. Yeah. I can tell you're really psyched. Uh, we're going to do something. Dress on, so. It looks beautiful. That green Thanks. is beautiful on you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do something totally new for season 12. Um, and I'm excited about this because I don't like feeling as if here on the podcast, we're supposed to have all the answers for you. Right. Because I've said it before, but like for whatever reason, people don't hear it. Uh, I'm flopping around <laughs> in the trenches with you. Okay. It's like a ship on the deck, you know, where they're like... <laughs> That was really attractive. Wow, I should. You know, like when a bug stuff like that. A bug like gets on its back and is just like trying to like flip itself over. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing that. I'm doing that. And that's okay. We're in this together. And for whatever reason, people don't hear that. They hear you have it all together. And like, how do I get it together? And I'll just say it again. The mic curse. It's the curse of the screen and the mic. Like, but from day one, we've tried to really articulate that. Usually whatever we talk about is because we just were like crying into the dishwater while we talk to each other on the phone. And then we yep. turn around and turn that into a show like we're talking to ourselves. But I think homemakers have so much to learn from each other. So mm-hmm. 
enter. Yeah, it's just it's an 12. ongoing conversation. It's an mm-hmm. ongoing conversation between what's working in your home, what's not working. And here's the the cool and the difficult thing about homemaking is that mm. it's ever evolving. Yeah. And I think our seasons have been reflective of that in the sense that they've all had these different themes. We've worked through a lot of different themes together in our 12 seasons. And that's because we're constantly shifting too. And our priorities are shifting in our homes and our attitudes are shifting toward towards the work in our homes. And and so it's it's just never anything that's complete. It's never done. We've always say you you never arrive. This is right. an ongoing relationship between friends, between homemakers, between you and your home, between you and the people in your home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is never – it's ever evolving um, and never finished. So we're here with you, just two homemakers in the trenches with you. We just happen to be the ones that have the mic and the earphones and maybe look like we know what we're doing because <laughs> we have a theme song. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a theme song. It's that easy, everybody. Just get a theme song, play it every morning, and get a little Britney Spears mic and yell at your kids and your husband that way all day long. Just cue your song every time you need a little kick in the pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing something a little different this summer. Do you want to explain that change for our audience, Angela? Uh, Sure, sure. It's summer, and we are busy. You're busy. So we're going to do one episode a week. But these episodes are going to be Whoppers. Um, I'm calling them the extended remix version. (laughs) So um, we're going to really use the time to flesh out as much as we can. And then at the end of every episode, we are going to recommend one of our personal favorites from the previous 11 episodes. So if you haven't heard it, it's new to you. And if you have heard it, maybe it's one of your favorites, too, or maybe it got lost in the shovel. I know with my podcast, sometimes I'll be scrolling the podcasts I listen to, and I'll see one, and it'll just pop out at me, and I'll realize I never heard that one. Mm -hmm. So we're going to encourage you to explore our archives, and we Mm -hmm. will give a personal recommendation at the end of each show. But these are going to be nice, long, hefty episodes, so maybe you'll hit pause and spread them out over one or two days. And shall we unveil our topic for the summer? Uh, yes, because I'm really excited about this one. And Angela and I never – we actually don't really seek out our themes. So we've had all kinds of themes in the past. We've had what? Well, it doesn't matter because I want to no. talk about this one. We're, okay. I'm a forward motion person, okay? The point is we don't go out looking for our themes. Our themes magically find us. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm teasing. <laughs> I was like, that does not sound like you. (laughs) Here's what you should talk about today. (laughs) Angela's mustache sweat. (laughs) And that is the theme, sweat. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) The theme for season 12 is questioning our summer. So what you need to do to be a part of it, uh, you need to make sure that you you know, join the modern era and have the Instagram app on your phone and that you're following Homemaker Chic Podcast over on Instagram because we'd like you to DM us your questions and we are going to spend the summer responding to you because we feel so much gratitude towards you. You've been so loyal. You've you've told your friends, you've told your Bible study members, you've told your sister-in-law about the show. The show is growing. It's huge. 
and we're thrilled. And so we kind of want to turn back around and respond to the many, many questions that are really actually quite difficult for us to keep up with. So mm-hmm. we're going to just spend the summer answering your questions. And the theme is questioning our summer. Mm-hmm. And there's no question too big or too small. Some of these are hefty, um, hefty. <laughs> and some and of some them are of them not. It's fun. Yeah. Some of them are like, tell me about a good lipstick color that you're wearing currently. And those are great too. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun because I don't like feeling like I have to turn on these these deaf ears to focus on what it is that we're talking about. But at the same time, it does get a bit um, swampy when, mm-hmm. you know, between all the emails. And of course, we have our Patreon community that we love and that we want to make sure that we're we're giving you guys information that's valuable to you and right. and actually helping you to to put flesh on that in your own homes. Mm. And so if we can speak to some something, you know, whether it's our favorite rose variety or like how we wash our dishes or our laundry schedule, like let's talk about it. Let's go there. So send us your messages. Angela's screenshotting them. Um, I don't actually know. She chose the ones for today, so I don't even actually know which ones are coming, which is always when you give the best advice, (laughs) when you're completely unprepared for what's coming. (laughs) From the hip. That's called from the hip, Shay. Yes, that that is called from the hip. Okay, so we're going to just see how this goes. This is something completely new for Homemaker Chic Podcast, but I'm excited about it. Um, real fast before mm-hmm. we pour a glass and dive into this, I would love it if you guys head over to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, uh, leave a five-star review, share the podcast with a friend. That's how our homemaker community continues to grow. And I feel so incredibly blessed by things that people have shared with me in the past. My friends and I, we're constantly sharing podcast episodes back and forth. Like, hey, I think maybe this one might be helpful to you right now with where you right. are. Um, so whether it's this one or whether it's one from the archive, uh, that means a lot to us. Those really great, kind reviews mean a lot to us. And ultimately, it helps other homemakers to find the podcast. And, you know, there are some homemakers who really need to find the podcast. They need to know that they're not alone. So we really yeah. appreciate your help in that. Turns out Apple doesn't like it if Angela and I just give our own reviews. So they're like, you can't leave anymore. <laughs> I've never done that. I'm teasing. I'm teasing you guys. I swear I am not a snob. Stop saying these things about me. <laughs> it's all good. So let's pour a glass and let's deep dive I into these questions. Confession. I did. Okay. <laughs> Angela has already poured her glass. I have also it's already poured two hours my glass. Later where I live. Cheers, my friend. Season 12. Here we Build go. My camera's over here. Chink. So you guys know we are drinking Dry Farm Wines. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic is where you want to go to get clean, biodynamic, organic, beautiful wines. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. What they're such an amazing company. I love this company so much. And this season, Dry Farms has been kind enough to offer all new Dry Farm members a wine tumbler with their first order of wines. So dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Put your order in, have some beautiful wines delivered to your door, and get a free wine tumbler. It's really cute. It has the Dry Farms logo. Do you have yours, yeah. Andy, by chance? I don't. I know. I told mm-hmm. you I would have it. Yeah, you did. In the dark. Okay. They're, 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 they're really, really nice. 
Yeah, yeah. they are stainless really nice. steel on the inside. They're really nice mm-hmm. and discreet. In case you and need gr- to sip a rose during that little league game or something, I don't <laughs> know. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But they are great for in the garden because I've yes. broken many a wine glass in the garden. That's how That's I use the worst. <laughs> no glass on the pea gravel. No, doesn't that doesn't work? What are uh, I'm drinking a Bordeaux that I know you like. Can't go wrong with a beautiful French Bordeaux. Amelie um, Lee just asked me the other day. She goes, "Do you still have that bottle? Because I yeah. love that label." Uh, yeah. For those of you not watching on Patreon, this is a really impressionistic label of a garden, mm-hmm. and it's it's a big full garden about up to this gentleman's neck and he sort of is like a ghost walking through the garden it's a gorgeous label yep it is really beautiful and it's a delicious bordeaux really punchy for a dry farm wine yeah mine is like the quintessential classic big bad red i get the dms the dms to me about wine are like oh i love your description of the big bad masculine reds yeah this is chateau jar this is four different grapes, uh-huh. which is great for and obviously uh, heavy on the Merlot because it's a Bordeaux. Merlot, Cab Franc, Petit Verdot, and Cab Sauv. I have two of those bottles stashed away in my wine cupboard when I know I'm, I need to bring it out. You know, I'm waiting right. for like a lamb tagine or like something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that needs it. All right, yeah. here we go. We've got our glasses go. poured. Dryfarmwines.com okay. forward slash homemaker chic. Love Get these wines. Get yourself a tumbler. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's start. Okay. These. Let's start lighthearted. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really like. I like this idea of what we're doing this summer. Okay. Okay. Uh, we need to have fun. Okay. We need to keep it light, but we need to stay on point. Okay. Ever evolving, like you said. But let's just start with some fun. Okay. Someone asked us a really good question. Shay and I have a lot in common mm. as far as. Um, like she can start to say something and I I know like exactly where she's going. Like a lot of times I'm just, I, I'll start squealing while she's talking because I know what she's That's going true. to say. And oh, Shay Trey Kennedy has a new, a newer, uh, uh, reel and it's about <gasps> people that do that. Mm, like you're always mm-hmm. yelling at me, at me about, mm-hmm. about making that exclamation. Um, but so we're, we have a lot in common, uh, and we have a lot of things that are very similar and, one of the things that was really interesting when we were developing our friendship and coming to the table with who we were and our histories and our um, things that we enjoyed uh, was um, our children's names. And mm. um, okay, yes, I I think your names, your children's names, are absolutely gorgeous. So this this uh, listener to the show has been very observant, and she's noticed that, ironically, we each have uh, children named Juliet. But I think that came after. I mean, we already we were already friends mm-hmm. and pretty pretty good friends when you had your Juliet, and mm-hmm. then subsequently we each have Juju's. So there's <laughs> yes. a little bit of a of a story yeah. there. So my Juliet is twelve and a half, and she and Shay's eldest daughter are friends. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, how did I? How did I come about Juliet? I've always loved the name. Romeo and Juliet's my favorite Shakespeare play. Um, I love Juliet Binoche, the actress. I like the T-T-E. I like any, mm-hmm. like, Annette. Et. I like that feminine that looks... Let me just wipe the stash again. Hang on. <laughs> oh. 
I love the feminine look of the words that end in E-T-T-E. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking and hoping that she would be a boy. And I was obsessed with having a son named Julian. So when she came out, I thought, well, alas, <laughs> you are Juliet. I mm-hmm. named her Elizabeth. Um, I'm not quite saying that correctly because I it, it's actually spelled with a French pronunciation, but I named her that name after the queen. And my hero, Laura Ingalls's middle name is Elizabeth. So there that's you go. how I came about my Juliet. Do okay. tell on yours. And she wants to know if we consulted. Like, did you ask okay. me, do you okay. mind if I do this? Yes. So my Juliet is six and... She, uh, so when I was pregnant with William, I was pregnant with William before Angela and I were friends. William's my third. So I have a Georgia, an Owen, a William, and a Juliet in that order. When I was Further pregnant- irony, my maiden name is Owen. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Weird. Okay. Carry on. Okay. So William, if he was a girl, was going to be Juliet. Okay. Because I just thought it was a beautiful name. And you guys know me. I am motivated by beauty. Like if my family name is Gretchen or – sorry. There's got to be Gretchens listening to this. I'm I love so the name sorry. Gretchen. <laughs> That's not even what the word I was thinking in my head just came out of my have to pick a really mouth. rare, ugly name, Shay. We have a big audience. <laughs> I'm just – okay. Esmeralda. <laughs> <laughs> we dug deep for family names and let's just say there wasn't one that we were like, you know what, let's – We'll just come up with a pretty one. Never mind. <laughs> I love my grandma so much. You know, she's my best friend. Her name is Thelma. I was like, yeah, not so much. <laughs> I do Sorry, like the Thelma's. name Gretchen. I do like the name Gretchen. It just, I don't know where that came from. Okay. Um, okay. So if William was a girl, he was going to be Juliet. And we didn't find out what we were having before we had children other than with Georgia. So it was always a surprise. Mm-hmm. And when William came out, I was so excited but I also had felt like we'd lost this baby. Yeah. Like there was this sense of like, but there was a there was a girl and her name was Juliet. And so when we got pregnant again and it was a girl, it was like, it just, it has to be Juliet. And I did consult Angela because I knew she had a Juliet and we were very close friends at this point. And it was, I mean, we don't live together. It's not that big of a deal. Also, Angela's not the type. She's not, <laughs> Angela is so not the type of woman where she's like, I love David Austin roses, so you you can't. I have yeah. those in my garden, so you know, in my garden it has to be prettiest. So I'm sorry, you can't have those. Like, right. come on, no. So this was fine. We we have different circles. There's enough space between. Um, because I was going back and forth between how to spell it. So Romeo and Juliet, J U L I E T, mm-hmm. not E T D. So anyway, yes, we did consult on it. Yes, we both have Juliets. Funny enough, if Juliet was a boy, she was going to be Benjamin. And I felt that same sense of loss when she was born. Mm. Like, I have this this baby named Benjamin, and it's a boy, and he's out there somewhere. And it's really weird. Strange. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I you, just... need to, you need to say who, who asked the question so that they know we're talking to them, just their Instagram handle. Oh, I don't know. I don't have okay. that one written okay. down. Oh, okay. I'm really sorry. Do you? Mm-mm. Do you have that page open? I no, I'd have talk. to. I'd have to, no. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. We'll just do it from now on. So sorry. It's Name fine. Question: Do we want to say anything else about our children's names, or, or was that was that good? Um, yeah. So 
Georgia. I remember when I named Ami Lee, uh, she was mm, maybe six months old and it was like in the brand, Brad, how do you say that? Brad, Brangelina heyday. How did they uh-huh. say that? Brangelina. Brangelina or something like that. Sure. Yeah. And this like sort of um, article that had to be put down by Snopes came out and it was saying that she had twins and named one of them Ami Lee. And I was, I actually was furious. <laughs> I think I wrote a bo- blog post, like, when I d- used to, like, go off on my blog called, like, and it was in the Eminem heyday, I wrote, like, would the real Amelie please stand up? I was so PO'd because I just, they were just the height of popularity. And I didn't want people to think I had named my daughter this very unique name because mm-hmm. of this Hollywood couple. Mm-hmm. I was I was bent out of shape until I realized it was just like a tabloid article. Wow. I didn't respond mm-hmm. to that one very graciously. <laughs> okay, so I was wrong about her. I stand corrected. She <laughs> I was Well, that was like, come on. Like you don't want like I didn't want her name. I wasn't friggin' naming her Shiloh, okay? Like <laughs> Well, actually the same thing happened with Georgia because <laughs> it's not as sexy as Brangelina, but Axel Rose named <laughs> named his daughter Georgia. Right at about the, then? At the same time. At, I think it was a little bit after. But he named her, he spelled it J-O-R-J-A. And I got it's this like, thing oh about God. weird spellings. I am, I will pull the snob card on weird spellings. Like, can we just simmer down? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a great story about this. Okay. I was a florist for a decade, you guys, okay? I've seen every spelling of every name in the history of the world. Mm. And I, I... Maybe was a little snobby in my head, just like, really, people? Really? Is this what we're doing with our time and energy is we're just naming our kids the weirdest names we can think of? And I remember sending flowers to a Bob one time. And I said to the lady ordering, I was like, I got to tell you, it's really nice to see a normal name. Just just a good old Bob come through. And she silenced and she goes, it's B-O-B-B. And I'm like, of course it is. (laughs) Can't just spell it B-O-B, can we? Got to be Bob, Bob, with, Bob, Bob with two B's on the end. Bubba. <laughs> wait, like the guy. Wait, it was for flowers for a gentleman. And yes, and it was Bob with two B's. Yep, there we are. Rob Robert. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. So Georgia listener, Georgia got named. My husband's from Georgia, and when I met him, you know, I thought it was funny that he was from the South, and it was. I called him Georgia for a while. And anyway, that's where that came from. Um, yeah. Hmm. Here we go. Okay. We have a lot more kids, so we might need to continue that conversation. I don't know. We just squat there for too long. Okay. There's 10 kids, you guys. 10 kids between the two of us. So there's that a few back. Show. That could be oh, That could be the entire boring. show. <laughs> yeah. Especially because we'll probably end up insulting some more people's names. So let's not. Yeah, do I, I'm. I'm sure. Like, I love that. I love that thin ice. Okay. Uh, I can't find my notes here. Um. Okay. About three questions, like along this. I took screenshots. So Allison sent us a question like this. Kit sent sent us a question like this. Um, and someone else, but, um, I don't want to kill Mike time doing it. Question was like, how are we staying motivated? So we're going to go a little deeper now. How are we staying motivated 
what do we do when we hit a wall? What prevents us from hitting a wall? Like sort of how to address that temporary paralysis, if you will. Of what? Motivated of to motivation. Mo- I, I'm assuming to stay to stay going in the home. Everything from kids' schoolwork to garden home projects, it can certainly feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we stay motivated when we get overwhelmed? Um, years ago, someone explained to me, I'm going to, this is going to be out there a little bit. So hang with me. Okay. 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 It was on a woman's cycle. <laughs> Sorry, Bob, if you're listening, it's on a woman's Ba-ba-bum. cycle <laughs> and how it's really no, this is good. helpful yeah. to take note of when you're ovulating and take note of when you're menstruating because your hormones will sort of naturally cycle based on this. So here's how this kind of actually plays out. When you are menstruating, this is all typically, okay? I'm speaking in general terms here. You tend to feel more cozy, more lovable, more comfortable, a little bit softer on the edges. You tend to to be a little bit just sort of squishier and (laughs) cuddlier. and, um, And so recognizing that that is sort of the posture that your Mm -hmm. body's naturally going to be in at that time of the month. Then you get this week after that where the energy sort of starts to build. This is the week after your period. And you sort of start to get momentum back, okay? And you're you're feeling a little bit more ambitious. You're feeling a little bit braver. You're feeling a little bit um, more ready to put yourself out there, let's say, even in social situations. Mm -hmm. By the more, sec- I got this. Yes. Yep, By the second definitely. week, which is when your second week after your period, which is tends to be when you're ovulating. Ovulating. You're not only feeling more sexually <laughs> charged. You're friskier. You're, right? Yeah, you're, 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 you're naturally absolutely. friskier. Uh-huh. Um, but you're also just kind of ready to just like rip the face off the world. You're mm-hmm. like, I want to tear down that wall and I want to change the paint color in the kitchen. And like you're just feeling like I could just – I want to do it all. Um, and maybe not everybody's that to that certain extent, but that tends to be my highest point in terms of productivity and in terms mm-hmm. of uh, energy and just drive and motivation. And then you know what? The next week that starts to come down. I don't want to see anybody. I want to right. just sort of recluse. I want to. It's grind. sort of like the. It's sort of like the prequel to the week of menstruating where you want to be more comfortable and you want to be under the blanket, you're yeah. just a little you even extroverted people they get start to pull in a little bit. Little everybody's a little bit more annoying. Right. Things that you used to just kind of brush under or grating against you. You know, yeah. it's that's so it's like know, that I, it's like you're retreating a little bit, but not in like a soft, squishy, like mama loves you kind of a way, more in like a back, kind a, of a way. An animal backed into a corner kind of a way. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So 48, yeah. like 48 hours into my period, Stu will be like, ah, oh, there she is. <laughs> she's yeah. back. And she, she's back. She loves everyone again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that might be a long that being answer said. to the question but. of like, once you recognize that, like I build my calendar accordingly. I don't schedule – yeah. workshops where I'm teaching a big group where I'm going to be uncomfortable and like I don't schedule that for the wrong week. And and that might sound crazy, but once I learned that, it's like clockwork. And so I know kind of emotionally where I'm going to be during a certain part of the month. And that's really, really helpful in figuring some of that stuff out. So um, what if, I mean, so to me, that's a big part of it 
If you want to maintain your motivation, you got to understand that it's cyclical. You can't be full throttle all the time. Yeah. I, I think it would do a lot of women well to really dive into the world of hormones and understand like you're not crazy there are chemicals in your body maybe you have a situation where those are out of balance that is a complete different completely different episode but i think that i think there's a difference between out of balance hormones and like not just acknowledging that you have them and they actually do affect things Mm -hmm. it's not bad of you to have some element of pms Mm -hmm. it's not weird of you that you um are more responsive to sex when you're ovulating hello like that is how the human race has (laughs) carried on i mean that that's how it works Mm -hmm. there your body is doing things and you need to learn about them and like you said like plan around it and Mm -hmm. and ride that high Mm -hmm. and give yourself forgiveness in the lows like you and I, over the last five years, I think have really like come to terms with like, hey, that week, I'm polishing off a novel that week. That's the week I enjoy Netflix. That is the week I don't start to paint a new bedroom. That, mm-hmm. like, know thyself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, like, I hate the word empowering. It's not a weakness, but it is empowering. Like, once you come to terms with like, hey, like, I'm a woman. What about it? This is how I work. Yeah, and and coordinate your work accordingly and mm-hmm. in, even in the home you know there are times where I'm feeling super ambitious in the kitchen there are times where I'm like starching my napkins and there are times mm-hmm. when I'm not yeah and, where I'm like could you please get some paper plates while you're out right and none yeah. of this is an excuse for sin you can, you are not mm-hmm. allowed to mm-hmm. do that but it is mm-hmm. a recognition of of just where you're at and so in terms of motivation that's a huge part of it another big piece is finding things that motivate you <laughs> like if a nice, I, I got, we got a great email the other day and it was like, thank you for giving me permission to clean with something besides baking soda. Word. And you guys, if a great little fern grapefruit cleaner makes you feel motivated to clean your living room, get it. If, you know, Stop if such a martyr, it's a hard job. Yeah, <sighs> it's a hard job. And so find things that motivate you. I'm really mm-hmm. motivated by beauty. And so if I know I can put some fresh flowers on the table, it'll give me motivation to do the dining room, clean the right. dining room, that those sorts of things. Yeah. On the other side of that, being someone who's mo- mo- terribly motivated motivated by beauty, I'm also motivated by consequence. And so it's the consequence of not keeping up with the laundry. It's the consequence mm-hmm. of a bathroom that I would be ashamed if my mother walked in. It's like it's the consequence that keeps I know, I know how it feels to go in the other direction. And that just helps me keep a steady pace. I would mm-hmm. rather work hard on a consistent basis than feel the drowning, scraping Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's Sunday morning and no one has clean underwear feeling. So that mm-hmm. that's very mo- everybody's going to be geared up differently, but for me personally, that it is not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it for me to get up to- like this morning. I got up really early by 5:08. I was folding my laundry because it was on my chair and you know how I feel about laundry on furniture. So it was on the chair in my office. I was not going to look at that all day because that is not worth it to me. An extra 45 minutes of sleep so I can be angry every time I see laundry I don't have time to do today. It's mm-hmm. 
And that's not going to be, you know, everybody's the way everybody operates, but that's negative consequences for me are a huge motivator. Big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. And when you see growth in an area, you don't want to lose ground. That's a huge motivator for me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Here's an example that Angela will love. Working out. I've made really incredible strides over a year of consistently working out, and I don't want to start over. Yeah. So that motivates me. I'm never motivated to work out like, ah, I can't wait to go do this. But but the idea of having to do that over again and like claw my way to where I'm at now again is enough Mm -hmm. to keep me motivated to do it. So – Yeah, I mean, it comes from different places and it comes at different times and it does come in cycles. So if you're feeling particularly in a time of just unmotivation right now, I mean, maybe ask yourself why. Maybe try to find some sort of source of motivation Mm -hmm. uh, from that and yeah, roll with it. Yeah. And I think this is probably another show as well, but the nutrition aspect of it for maintaining like a lack of brain fog and motivation is is a huge a huge thing. I follow some Instagram feeds that keep me really like okay, I don't want to I don't mm-hmm. want to go down that. I want to stay healthy. I mm-hmm. want to stay on point because I know again, the consequence of not doing that and you know, there's there's normal fatigue, there's pregnancy fatigue, there's um menstrual cycle fatigue, but I have no desire to feel like I'm in a coma. Mm-hmm. On on a regular Tuesday, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, I concur. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. On that note, like, well, I think we've s- sort of talked about that. Somebody, the the kind of like, uh, part B to that question is how to develop self self-discipline in this area if it doesn't come naturally and i don't like does self does discipline come naturally for anyone isn't our natural inclination the easy route i think it probably comes easier for some people but i think the ditch is that that you look at them and you think oh they're just a disciplined person it's like there's got to be a story there there's got to be they had to make themselves point yeah yeah they yeah yeah um I mean, I think discipline is something that's curated. Mm-hmm. It's it's trained. That's why it's called discipline. Yes. And and it's not it's not in like an un- discipline's an umbrella term, but within the home as the homemaker, you're not going to just become disciplined. You might decide, mm-hmm. okay, I'm sick of a laundry room where the piles are 3 feet high, and that is my project for the summer to learn to become a disciplined laundress. Mm-hmm. It's one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It is. It's it's one day at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally. It sounds so cliche to say, but I tell my kids this all the time. Rome wasn't built in a day. It wasn't built in a day. It was those Romans showing up every day and laying some bricks, and then showing up the next day and doing this and doing this. Um, and then over time, that builds and builds and builds and builds. And all of a sudden, these small little disciplines that you can make, whether it's for yourself or within the home, they build on themselves. And all of a sudden, a year in, two years in, three years in, the trajectory has changed. Mm-hmm. 
because of that, just kind of showing up and faithfully doing the work that needs to be done each day. Mm-hmm. So I have a yeah, question for you. Okay. Oh, sorry. You can complete your thought. I was just going to say, I think there's, you know, it's cliche to say trust the process too, but we're talking about slight rudder adjustments. Yeah. You know, when you said that word trajectory, that's what it made me think of. It's a slight rudder adjustment where you decide to do the clean laundry when it comes out of the dryer. Tick. One little tick there. But that means like when your mom comes over, you're not apologizing for the stack of laundry on the couch. Oh, well, there's another tick. Because you had time to make scones before she came over. Tick. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just one little adjustment at Mm -hmm. a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's the question from Sarah C. Okay. What are the appropriate occasions for wearing a pencil skirt? (laughs) As opposed to... Okay. (laughs) Putting her on the spot. I like this. This is good. I have opinions. Okay. Shocker. Give him. Okay. Um there any uh, any occasion is appropriate to wear a pencil skirt. Okay, I'm going to I don't know. I I wish I knew more of why she was asking this question. Um <clears throat> here here might be a reason. I wore a pencil skirt to church one time and I was okay. like didn't feel good. It, they're they're just a little bit too they're pretty tight. Okay. You know what I mean? But I've also worn yeah. a pencil skirt to a business meeting and I felt fine. I'm okay. not saying it's I'm not saying it's inappropriate to wear a pencil skirt to church. I'm mm-hmm. saying I felt uncomfortable in it. Right. And I think that's the I think when it comes to women's clothing and clothing of a more feminine cut, it's a mindset slash heart condition thing. Uh if you don't feel good or you feel like you're attracting too much attention or whatever whatever the like kind of ugh, feeling is wearing a, a pencil skirt and they come in all varying, you know, snugnesses um, <laughs> to church, then then that is your that's your litmus test right there. Like you mm-hmm. you don't don't wear it. Um, you know, women wear things differently. It's pretty easy to and I'm not talking about like overtly skanky clothing, but it's still pretty easy to spot a woman who's wearing something for attention because she's going to carry her. There's something about the way a woman who's seeking attention carries herself, quite frankly. Uh, Kate Middleton wears a pencil skirt all the time. She never looks inappropriate. She also she, has a fairly small booty. She's got a in fairly terms, small In terms booty. of booty, right. bootiness. Right, but she's got fantastic legs. Mm-hmm. She's showing them. She's in three-inch heels. I mean, she's... Yeah, but you're right. She does never looks inappropriate. She never looks inappropriate. So I think a lot of it comes down to how you feel in this situation because no matter what, you're never going to be able to fake your way through that. You're going to carry that. You're going to carry that apologetic posture at church. If you don't feel that that's the right place to wear it, you're going to carry that, you know, baller business room, you know, business meeting room posture if you're if you're wearing a, a pencil skirt in a mm-hmm. in that sort of a situation. So I think it's going to come down to maybe like the cut of the skirt, how how short it is, and there's going to be things you can do to accommodate that. If it's mm-hmm. winter and you're wearing a black skirt, wear black tights and black high heels. It's going to totally knock down the attention, you know, the spotlight aspect mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it also just and depends on your body shape too. Your body what, what you shape. got going on? 
Like you said, all yeah. women wear things differently. If I wear a pencil skirt, I mean, I got a booty. It's like, hello. Like that, there's no, there's no demure action going on there. Like I would have to really just play that down with like a wide flowy blouse or something. It would have to be, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but as far as like, I don't think you're ever, I have this philosophy that you cannot be overdressed. I don't think you can be overdressed. So if it's as far as like that, just wear the skirt. But if it's as far as like how your heart feels or how you, if you feel insecure doing it, like sort of check where where you are and, and maybe mm-hmm. shift accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yep. How's that for an answer? I, again, I agree. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have another one? Are you scrolling? <clears throat> well, I had one, but this is a really difficult one for me. And I think maybe we should talk about the season's sponsor before okay. we dive into this one. So we actually didn't we didn't actually confirm this before we <laughs> put it <laughs> record. <laughs> As it goes on Homemaker Chic Podcast. But um we have so many new listeners here on Homemaker yeah. Chic Podcast. And the it's just we're so humbled and we're so grateful to be here with you. And when we started this podcast the week that COVID hit the world, we didn't know what it would become. I thought we were gonna have like four hundred listeners. Yeah. And Not, it's and it just keeps, it a month. Just, yeah, you know, it like, just spreads. Yeah. It's just or it's spreading it like yeah. wildfire. And we're so grateful for that. And we thought it was because of these questions and the ones that we've seen filter in, it made us realize that while we feel like we're repeating ourselves and we feel like, oh, we already talked about that, um, y'all don't feel that way because most mm-hmm. of the questions that came in were things that we'd already addressed. And what mm-hmm. we also realized in this is that we both have these our real jobs, really, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that Angela and I do, and so many of you don't even know that we do them. So, for example, we, get, we got a ton of design questions about curating your home and staging it and paint colors and gar- living room layouts <laughs> and uh, curating a style and all of this kind of stuff. And then we got questions on food budget and learning to cook and baking bread and keeping a sourdough starter alive. And we we looked at each other and we thought, oh my gosh, they actually don't know what we do in our in real life. <laughs> in real life. So we decided we were gonna sponsor season 12. <laughs> so season 12 is sponsored by the Elliott Homestead Cooking Community and Parisian Farm Girls Old World Design Society. Mm-hmm. It is. And we're excited about that. So Angela why doesn't Old World sponsor today's episode? Why don't you tell us about your real job and what it is that the Old World Design Society is? Because we're going to try and hit all your questions, you guys. We we really are. This season is about questioning your summer, answering your questions. Um, but so many of these questions can be answered in a deeper, thoughtful, publicized way through Angela's Old World Design Society. Sure. So I created this Old World Design Society because I have a love for a European aesthetic and antiques and creating spaces that are livable and affordable at the same time. And I noticed so many people, like you said, were sending questions, had had ideas, didn't know how to implement them. So the Old World Design Society is actually a publication, print or digital, And it's also a society. So we have a private forum where you can spend 
time and people post there every day. Hundreds of people are showing their remodeling projects, their latest antique treasures, um, pictures that inspire them. It's a great space. Everything is categorized by the room or um, the situation. So if you need ideas for your living room, you just click living room and you're going to see hundreds of posts from society members there. Um, It's uh, organized quarterly. So it's four times a year. There's a magazine. And to correspond with that magazine, I teach a design class per month. So this summer, we'll be having three design classes. We have something very special next weekend. We have our first live in-person flea market tour. So I'm taking a guided tour of one of my favorite flea markets with a group of people. They're staying at a historic mansion hotel. We're going to have a ton of fun. I really just wanted to create a space where people could learn real design tips, like how high to hang a chandelier over a kitchen island. What's the appropriate uh, lampshade for this light? How do I properly dress a bed? Like real interior design things, um, but, but have a really comfortable atmosphere in which to do that. And if you, you can, guys, hold on, I have to interrupt yeah. you. Yeah. If you guys are familiar at all with Angela's blog, ParisianFarmGirl.com, this is this blog is 17, 18 years old. Like it's as mm-hmm. old as blogging. Okay. Yeah. It was started right. a long time ago. And this is how I discovered Angela. <clears throat> and I remember looking at this picture of her living room that she had decorated in her old house. And I just thought, who is this woman? This is the most and the best part was is it was all like flea market finds and antiques and hey i painted somebody's kitchen cabinets and i traded her for this piece of furniture budget wise so incredibly relatable just this next level of creativity and the very best part about this magazine that she publishes i get the print ones and i when i got my very first one angela called me and she's like well what do you think and i said it was like spending an afternoon with old Ange. i mean just oh. i sat read it cover to cover <coughs> completely devoured it. I mean, Mm. these magazines are incredible. So if you're spending magazine money at the grocery store, don't because they're 75% Cialis advertisements. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is not that way. This magazine is absolute gold and it will live on your bookshelf. So incredibly valuable for the homemaker. Even if your style is a little bit different than Angela's, um, the knowledge, the paint colors, the the picking this or choosing that is so incredibly valuable for a homemaker who's trying to make a beautiful home. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's I I feel like in this society there's something for everyone. So I want to speak to everyone. I want to speak to the homemaker that can afford brand new designer scalamandre throw pillows. And I want to speak to the homemaker who needs to go find something that looks just like it on a very small budget. So mm-hmm. I like to sort of speak to all budgets and give the historical context of design is really, really important to me. So I feel like if you know Mm -hmm. history and you're trying to create this look, you will be able to authentically duplicate it. I'm not talking about Bon Appetit signs hanging in your kitchen or like a very um, reproduction look that's going to be out of style in a few years. It's about creating like a timeless, layered, ancestral look. And we have a great time. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see. You can visit ParisianFarmGirl.com. Just click the shop button. Um, if you just want to take the classes, you can just join for $5 a month and get a, f- a design class every month, or you can get the publication. There you go. Season 12 of Homemaker Chic, brought to you by the Old World Design Society. 
Uh, I what you said is so true because we had a lot of questions about food, even mm-hmm. one about like how to store butter, like where yeah. do you store it? And I was thinking about you and how many times I have called you because you know meat prep is not my forte. I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I have the gist of this, but just push me over the edge. Tell uh-huh. me what to do here. What can I do? I have this, 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 and this. Yes. And that is where uh, the uh, cooking community comes in because yes. what you do every month actually amazes me for your people. The prep and the the devotion you put into helping women really fall in love with their kitchens. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny because going back to the motivation question, like mm-hmm. how are you motivated to cook food every mm-hmm. day when your family never stops <laughs> eating? Um, and the only thing that I guess maybe this is that negative consequence thing was like, I mm. hate sitting down to a bad meal. Oh, I hate it. I hate spending a ton of money on takeout. That's yeah. mediocre. And I hate sitting down to a bad meal. And Do so- you cook? For your, I know you cook because you love your family, but do you cook? Is there a selfish aspect to your cooking? Because I know you love food. There's not. Well, I don't think that there is. I love it and I okay. devise a lot of pleasure from it, derive a lot of pleasure from it. But like mm-hmm. when my family's at homeschool co-op and I'm just here working, I'll just like eat a meat stick. It's really pathetic. <laughs> just like- oh my gosh. If you ever go on vacation with Shay and you're hungry in the middle of the day, she's always like, well, we could get a meat stick. We're in... Louisiana outside New Orleans and we're at this plantation and they have alligator meat sticks. Let's try one. <laughs> you also or would you know- like a hard-boiled egg? Because we need protein. <laughs> That's what my sister-in-law said. She's like, you're always just like, protein, protein, protein. But it's true. <laughs> it's true. So you guys should know the first time I ever traveled by myself with a baby, this was years and years ago, I panicked and I literally hard boiled two dozen eggs and I packed them in this plastic jar in my suitcase (laughs) because I was so scared about being away from protein. (laughs) And do you know why I panicked about that? Because when I went to France for the first time, I couldn't find any protein anywhere in that country. They're like, do you want a croissant? I'm like, not really. I could really use a steak. You you mean like street food? Come on. Yeah, anywhere, like anywhere. The only place I ever found meat was when I went to a gentleman's bar on accident and ordered a steak. (laughs) Like a gay bar or like a gentleman's bar? What do you mean? It was like a, it was like like a older man's, like they obviously like got together and they, they sipped their wine and they played like board games and like, it was not for ladies. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay. It was great. I mean, they served me, but I don't think they were very happy about it. Oh my gosh. Um, we'll okay. expand on the cooking community yeah. in next week's episode, but do check okay. out Angela's Old World Design Society. This is really funny. And Maria asks us this question Can we talk about lady cycles and how it affects us? <laughs> You're welcome, Maria. There, there you go. I will say um, I have scheduled takeout for, you know, when your period comes and usually at least the way mine starts, this is going to be way too much. 18 hours in. It's like 18 hours in. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it hits you. And that is my Thai night. And I eat pad thai or a boon bowl. And I am unapologetic about it. I've budgeted it in. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. We are getting Thai food this night. Um, because then I don't have to do this whole guilt game with myself. Yep. And, you know, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, just sort of recognizing, hey, probably not the best week to have, like, company over. 
mm-hmm. um, or at least those just a couple couple days. Mine's like three days where I really need to kind of, I you know, biblically, with the sorry, historically, historically, wi- women would go to tents. It was literally like yeah. you're unclean. Go to the tent at the edge of the city with yeah. the other women who are bleeding and just be there i'm like nothing sounds better to me than my being sister in a tent. texted me a few months ago she's like could somebody please just banish me to the edge of the city that's please. where i should be i won't that's harm anybody over there right i can just bleed in peace and you know what we've talked about this too we have we still only have one bathroom in our house and we also have a lot of company and we have a lot of people coming and going and my mm-hmm. brother-in-law comes over a lot and it's really difficult to like do this Mm-hmm. really well in a bathroom with a bunch of little kids and grown men. And I'd always yeah. just think, man, wouldn't it be nice to be in a tent right now? <laughs> with some swaddling clothes. Just some hard-boiled eggs and <laughs> some meat sticks <laughs> and just a tent full of other ladies who understand what I'm going through. <laughs> it sounds beautiful. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Oh my gosh, oh. that is so funny. Very good. Um okay. but but um peaceful nourish I'm I'm assuming this is peaceful nourishment. It's a screenshot. Just you asked about butter and how I store it cuz I get the vat cultured butter. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong. I'd never. <laughs> I grew up in a house where we didn't refrigerate butter. Unless it's like 95 degrees and it's melting in the butter dish. I just leave it out. Nothing's worse than hard butter. I keep my butter in my fridge and I always bring – I ba- we go through about 16 tablespoons a day if I'm not baking. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of our average consumption. We eat a lot of butter. Mm-hmm. So I, I just have a little butter dish. Covered butter dishes are really nice because especially in the summer, flies love butter. Yeah. I have like the one with the whole – yeah. The yeah. Thing that yep. Mine's old, of course. Yeah. Yep. So I just keep it. Butter will be fine on your counter for days and days and days. But um, other than that, I just keep it in the fridge. Bring one out so it's nice and soft the next day. Okay. Um, Andy Campbell, This is, we're going to totally change gears here and have a little garden fun. Um, she would like to know our favorite gardening products, shoes to wear, gloves, soap to remove dirt, etc. Okay. I like this question. Mm-hmm. Andy, you said it was Andy? Andy Campbell. Mm-hmm. Andy, I like this question um, because the longer you're a gardener, the more – Oddly specific you get about what you like. Oh, fussy. So fussy. Um, Love it. I don't like stiff gloves. They have to be Mm -mm. like the really thin kind with the rubber on the front but not on the back because you got to be able to be nimble with your fingers. I cannot work in gloves that don't allow me complete control over my fingers. I've received some beautiful gloves. Here's a beautiful set of like rose gloves. They're leather. They're suede. I'm like, but mm." (laughs) – you this is the extent a- of I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, gardening shoes incredibly important. I always I wear Hoka tennis shoes, and I always just use my old pair, just like Angela talked about a couple seasons ago. So I'm what always kind wearing of tennis shoes. Do you wear Hoka? H O K A. Living under a rock for the last they're um thirty five years. <laughs> oh, only thirty five years you've been under that rock. Yep. And where okay. were we before this? Um. I like them. They last for a really, really, really long time. I think I'm only on my second pair ever. Um, Anyway, so those are my gardening shoes. Very important because also I can't get pea gravel or bark in between my toes. Hate that. Stuff bites my ankles. So I need some protection there. So um, I don't do sandals in the garden. That's disgusting. (laughs) 
Okay. Oh, those are cool. Yeah. I was out weeding my market garden today, and I have two. One of them is like a three-inch metal triangle on a big, like really long handle. And that's mm-hmm. what I weed with. So that's called a beet hoe. Okay, there we go. I have one, and it's like I'm. Obsessed that's my tool. With it, that's my. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, that's yeah. my main thing. So I don't have to bend over to weed. I literally, it's this thing is so small. It's like a three inch little triangle, and I can just beep 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 Mine's all around my that. flowers, all through the rows of my vegetables, and so that makes weeding a breeze. Um, I also have a, another big weeding hook, and it's like this big metal hook. It's probably like four inches, but it's like only I'm allowed to use it because you could do some damage with that thing. Like if you went in the garden and you weren't being careful, you could take out a line of cabbage. It's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are my two most used. I've got a shovel, but that's like, got a smaller head. It's like a, a lady-sized shovel mm-hmm. and a rake. Okay, is your shovel on a long stick or a short one? It's on a long stick, but it's a small head, and it's really lightweight. I have a small head shovel. I, I get. Where do you get your tools? Do you buy them new? I buy them new. Okay. I, I, I'm All let my it- tools are from barn sales. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're pretty – that makes me really excited when I go to, like, a sale and there's all the old man tools lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm asking somebody to bring you – to bring my hoe because I want to show you really bad. I'm – like crazy for this thing. I got it at a barn sale like 10 years ago. It cracked. The wood cracked because it wasn't cared for, you know, like oiled or anything. Mm-hmm. And I had duct taped rebar to it <laughs> for years. And so it like hold together in true read fashion. <laughs> rebar and duct tape, people get mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that broke. And so it's sort of been like a point of contention because I keep asking someone to fix it. And ironically, it just got fixed today. Oh, but yes. I want to see handle, it. The handle was like this big. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I would have to like crawl around mm-hmm. and like use it on mm-hmm. my hands and knees. And then he went yesterday and bought a piece of wood and it was only like four feet long. I said, well, that's a backache in the making. I can't bend over. You have to get something bigger. Yeah. So. It's not really yeah, because um, it's the best. So it is the best. It's not. It's literally like this big. Oh, yours it's is a different like shape the, than mine. Mine's like this. It's oh, like, I know which one you're talking about. I'm like obsessed with this thing. I can get right up next to everything. Yep. I don't yep. know what I'd do without it. Yep. It's so again. Let's go back to working out real fast. There, like my okay. trainer always said. Um, you know, you have to learn how to do things for life. Mm-hmm. Like yep. if, if you want to work out, you can like – you can push yourself and you can maybe bench press 200 pounds. You'll probably only do that one time and then you'll mm-hmm. kill yourself and it'll be terrible. Mm-hmm. The gardening is the same way. Like if this is actually something that you want to do, you you need to be smart about having the right tools. And I say this as somebody who has dug trenches with a rock um, mm-hmm. and not <laughs> had the right tools for many, many, many years and hurt mm-hmm. my – legs and hurt my knees and hurt my wrists and hurt my back from doing it wrong. And so, yeah, if you need to just spend $25 on a long-handled shovel so that your back doesn't ache after transplanting a ton of stuff, then do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like those short-handled ones. I don't I know either. that's what landscapers and stuff use. I don't like them. I, like I love them my shovel. It's small. Again, it's old. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm So I buy old tools, and then the idea is Joel swaps out the handle, and then I can care for the handle, keep it oiled and keep it nice and not leave it out in the rain, getting all dried out and split and everything. Right. Um, 
Speaking, it's so funny you say that about like the long term, because I think by the time this episode airs, I'll have a new YouTube video. And I talk about that because I got a new hose system. It's like a big retractable thing that mounts to the side of the house. And it was in the spirit of keeping this hobby, um, like keeping its longevity. Because for me to walk 150 feet out with a big clunky rubber hose and then have to stand there and sort of make it look nice because I can't stand them laying around. This thing's amazing. I just like give a tug on it and slurps back up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so sexy. I am mm-hmm. giddy. I am mm-hmm. like obsessed with a stupid hose. Mm-hmm. I used it this morning at 5.30 after I got done with my laundry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. What's funny, uh, Stuart got me for my birthday a couple weeks ago a new like head to go on my hose where I like water my ferns. And my, and it's like mm-hmm. this really soft, full, beautiful little shower one. It just has this little thing you click. And I'm like, I'm happy. I'm just so happy. It's a small little like nine ninety nine shower hose thing. And I just, it makes me, and it makes my job so much more enjoyable than lugging out giant things of water and like trying mm-hmm. to carry this through pea gravel uphill. This is- Pea gravel, it's hard. I mean, it's yeah, shifty. Mine's shifty. really deep and yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so yeah. That's- I got a little basket. Like I I have a little like tool basket mm-hmm. that I carry too mm-hmm. that I love. Mm-hmm. And my apron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Marseille, who used to help me in my gardens, she taught me to just carry this like a giant Rubbermaid tub around. Not like a garbage mm-hmm. can that's too big for me to lift. Like half a yeah. garbage can size. And I carry two around. One for trash, toys, garbage, stuff that naturally filters outside. And then mm-hmm. one for compostable materials. And... I love it because it keeps you from making piles in the garden. When you're going through and you're weeding and you're deadheading stuff and, you know, I would always build these piles and then I'd have to come inside and I'd forget to pick the pile up and then it like, it never looked good after that, right? I always tell my kids, I'm like, go clean up all my piles because I don't want to look at them. Yeah. <laughs> I so now I just, I yeah. don't even let myself work in the garden unless I have my tub and it okay. saved me a ton of raking. Right, because you're like raking all your stuff up Mm -hmm. and then you've got this big pile and you're trying to lift it and there's gravel mixed in. This way I just (laughs) literally like – I just scooch my bucket along with me the whole way I go. And when it gets full, I dump it into our golf cart and drive it up to the compost pile. I don't have a golf cart. And so my lack of discipline is that then that would sit at the edge of my garden. Then it would rain and it would fill with water Mm -hmm. and then it would sit there for a week because Mm -hmm. nobody wants to take it out to the Euro Village and Mm -hmm. dump it in a compost pile. Mm -hmm. Tractor. Put it in your tractor bucket. Yeah, that's in the driveway. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a question from Francesca, and she asks, I just clicked it off, clutter, love it, hate it, how do you both manage it? Last year, we finally took the jump into the freeze-drying world with a beautiful new freeze-dryer from Harvest Dry, and we are so glad that we did. As a homemaker and gardener, these freeze-dryers have the very important job of making sure that nothing, whether it's a bountiful crop from the garden or leftover soup from Sunday supper, go to waste. These incredible machines are very versatile. You can use your freeze-dryer to preserve dairy, meat, produce, and even complete meals. Here's the very best part. Everything is completely automatic. You literally just fill the freeze-dryer trays, push the start button and walk away. Preserving food can be that simple. 
freeze-dried food less for 25 years in your cupboards and will maintain taste and color and flavor. The food retains nearly all of its nutritional value and home freeze-dried food costs one-third the cost of store-bought, which means your freeze-dryer from Harvest Right will pay for itself in no time. This is the perfect season to order your freeze-dryer so you can have it set up and ready for spring and summer bounty, whether you're freeze-drying fruits, vegetables, herbs, milk, or even eggs. Harvest Right machines are the best on the market and will soon become an invaluable player of your preserving kitchen. Visit bit.ly forward slash Harvest Right Homemaker or click the link in the show notes to shop your new home freeze dryer system from Harvest Right today. If you're like me, you want to dress your home in accessories with a story quality accessories, ones that have meaning, and for sure, not accessories that are headed for the landfill. Because a huge concept on this show is better, not more. We want you to get to know our friends at House of Tokuman by visiting hotrugs.net, especially if you're tired of throwing your money away on cheap rugs that do not survive your lifestyle. Dress your home in a hand-woven rug from House of Tokuman. I want you to look at your home. Where does it need some style infusion this summer? Because nothing is as timeless as a Persian rug. Here's a designer tip. You will give your home an instant professionally designed look when you add a Persian rug. So get to know House of Tokumen over on Instagram. And then when you're ready, use this exclusive coupon code HOMEMAKER25 for 25% off this investment into the fabulous look of your home. You're guaranteed a one-of-a-kind rug, no fakes, no machine-made copies or replicas. Visit House of Tokuman at hotrugs.net and use the coupon code HOMEMAKER25. Are you ready for a well-appointed bathroom this summer? How about a stack of gorgeous towels from American Blossom Linens? You have their sheets. Now it's time to add these brand new, beautiful towels to your lifestyle for your well-appointed bathroom. Why not wrap yourself in the most luxurious, thick, oversized towels made in America? These long-lasting, absorbent, heirloom-quality towels will surround you with plush comfort. Everything you can expect from 100% organic West Texas cotton. That's right, the cotton is grown in Texas, and these towels are made in Georgia in a sustainable and environmentally conscious manufacturing plant whose main goal is weaving a better world. Unlike others, these fully organic cotton sets of towels are made with all USA materials. Nothing ever leaves the United States, which means you and I get the very best quality. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com to well-appoint your bathroom and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERSHEEP20 for 20% off. That's AmericanBlossomLinens.com with the coupon code HOMEMAKERSHEEP20. I'm probably not the best person to ask. Why? That. Why? Well, because I am at this kind of phase in my life where I feel like I'm literally just constantly moving things from point A to point B or telling someone else, put your thing from point A to point B. Um, it's a little early in the summer for that. Usually this mm -hmm. is like a pre-homeschool feeling. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've gotten off track or if it's just like the fact like everybody's getting bigger. Everybody owns things. Um, so to me, that's clutter. To another person, and by that I mean like receipts, uh, Joel will come in and put a pair of pliers on the counter. I'm like, this is where I make food. Don't do that. I don't know if other husbands do that. I have no idea. But I'm always like, please, no. Mm -hmm. Move. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's it's receipts it's the stray sock it's the lego that got brought from the floor it shouldn't be you know it's whatever um to other people clutter is knickknacks and like home decor like yeah, that's, that's not true. a problem f- that's not a problem for me that's not clutter that's aesthetically pleasing it's the stuff that's not um that gets dropped midway between coming into the house and where it needs to end up that makes me nuts mhm so how do you manage that? I I don't. It's it's a it's a problem. It's a I, problem. It's it's a majority of my day, tr- like cattle prodding. Like mm-hmm. okay, let's keep you know because I really do want to raise people that don't do that. I would like to bless my future daughter in laws with men that know, like don't leave a trail behind you. you yeah, know? and I would like, <clears throat> I would like my girls to. Homemaking is difficult, but I don't want them to feel like it's so difficult that it's not worth doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so I'm the- just kind of sorting it out personally, actually. <laughs> to me, the threshold on clutter is, okay, yeah, the husband's going to empty his pockets on the kitchen counter and the kids are going to leave their craft supplies out. Mm-hmm. Assum- assuming you pick these things up, how does the house look after that? Excellent. Yeah. So I think that's just it. But, but I like, think that that's me, I rare. I keep a good house. Right. I think yeah. that that's rare. I think a lot of women struggle with not having clutter at like when, when things are picked up. Do you okay. know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. maybe the closet, the coat closet is just full of stuff that should not be in there. Mm-hmm. Right. And and maybe they have the junk drawer or maybe three junk drawers in their kitchen, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. The junk drawer is cyclical though, isn't it? Like you clean it out and then like five it happens. months later, you gotta do it. It happens. Again, you know. And yeah. that's how that's how we have to manage clutter. I don't yeah. I don't let pockets of clutter um I don't like want them. I don't allow them in my house. Mm-hmm. But in order to prevent them from coming into my house, for stuff to just accumulate, mm-hmm. basically I would say quarterly, I have to make sure that spaces are hit. So homeschool cabinet, for example, mm-hmm. quarterly, I have to go through. I basically have to pull everything out, make sure all that's left is the good the good markers, the good crayons, all the scraps of paper have been thrown away. And so mm-hmm. it, it literally is the point of just managing it and saying, okay, I see you. I'm not going to let you be there. So I'll be back in three months and I'm going to tend to you. And that might be mm-hmm. different for other people, but- I just break it up into small pieces. If you just try to declutter your house, that's overwhelming to me. I have to take it like every third week, I have to kind of declutter my kitchen. I've got to make sure that my spice cabinets, okay, are there any empty jars? Does anything need to be refilled? (laughs) That's so funny you say that because I started dinner before we recorded and I I moved all my really like good spices that I use all the time into ball jars under my island so I can turn around from the stove and just grab them. Well, the the stepchild spice cabinet then like with just like the McCormick like little stragglers like where he would just run to the store for me I just need this for this recipe wow that mm-hmm. needs an exorcism mm-hmm. I haven't opened it in weeks and I was <laughs> talk about shame motivating like holy yeah. cow um I think that's probably a the point where I'm frustrated as a homemaker and as a woman is like, I do work so hard to make it so nice. Mm-hmm. And it could just be bloody nice if people would put their stuff away. If no um, one lived get- here, this house would be beautiful. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I did get like a big um, like corner wicker hamper. So it's shaped like a 
pie wedge and I put it right at the base of the stairs and I just tell them like, look, at the end of the day, I want it to look nice. And if you haven't done what I've asked you to do, unfortunately, I don't want to spend the time, but I'm going to put your stuff in this hamper. And on Tuesdays, if it's not empty, it's going in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't care, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. It's three quarters full right now. There you go. (laughs) Be aggressive. (laughs) Be aggressive about it. Um, But there is something to that. Intuitively looking at your house and recognizing how people use it, what they use it for. So I hate having a clothes hamper in my bathroom because our bathroom is so small that with a hamper in there, you almost can't walk. But turns out if there's a hamper in there, people will put their dirty clothes in there. If they're not, if there isn't, they'll just leave them. They won't actually take them back to their room where their hamper lives. Mm-hmm. And so to me – You have to pay attention to how your house is trying to function. It is, It does have a bit of a mind of its own. And if you're constantly fighting it, you're constantly going to be miserable. You're just going to be miserable. Yeah. And, and you know what? My kids will get to the stage eventually where they're just going to be able to pick their clothes up and take them back to their room. And I won't have to rag five times for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But for now, they're still – young and they're still learning these things. And so we're meeting halfway. Mm-hmm. There, There's a hamper in the bathroom and I just deal with it and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and they can still be disciplined enough to put their clothes in there and not leave them on the bathroom floor. Yeah. So, yeah. And there is hope. There, Like my two eldest ones, I hardly have to lift a finger for them. Mm-hmm. I hardly have to say, like my son sometimes will leave a wet towel on the bathroom floor. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Not your maid. Yeah. But- so I'm like, okay, the four other ones. Yeah. I have to have faith. They'll We're come around. There. We're getting yeah. there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have another question, Handy? I've got one if you don't. Go ahead because I'll, okay. I'll have to pull it up. So if you um, one. This one is actually making me think a bit. Um, this is one from Joanna, and she asks, what are your top five medicine cabinet must-haves for taking care of sick kids? Ooh. And since Angela's family was just blessed enough to have the stomach flu. Yay. Uh, there might be something to this. Um. The first thing that comes to my mind actually is for um, – I always keep a steroid actually um, in our cabinet because we've had – I've had – I have an allergy to all psyllins, penicillin, amoxicillin, any kind of psyllin. And my daughter has a severe allergic reaction to poison ivy and poison ivy is everywhere around our house. And – like severe people, Se- like it's heartbreakingly s- severe. It's severe, yeah. and now I know what it. When it first happened, I was freaking was out. Yeah, um, but now I know it. I can identify it, like just a t- like a touch, and I'm like, okay, steroid. Like I'm not mm-hmm. messing around. Like yeah. we're not doing the ER visits again. And so mm-hmm. that um, God bless these steroids. When you need them, they work. So I always keep one on hand, simply for allergies. Um, and because poison ivy is we, – we've been blessed with very healthy children, praise God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to keep a lot on hand, but we do keep um, certain like essential oils and Benadryl on hand for poison ivy <laughs> because my mm-hmm. kids are constantly getting into it. <laughs> right. I just got into it today in the garden. I was weeding, pulling out my bolted arugula and realized I pulled out a giant branch of poison ivy. And so I, I wouldn't be able to identify poison ivy yeah. if it like landed on my face. I, I didn't until I came it here. It looks like pot or something. Like no, it looks sim- like poison okay. ivy. I mean, once you know okay. what it looks like, there's no mistaking it. So I made my Owen. He ran up to my neighbor's house because he's an orchardist and he gets into poison uh-huh. ivy all the time. And there's a a hand wash that you can wash with. It's like an oil. And it takes the oil off your hands. 
So okay. I was like, go ask him. <laughs> I need oh to go my watch gosh. my hands. Um, so I always keep that. Those are the first things that come to my mind. What are what about you? Uh, well, we keep Melissa oil. We keep yeah. like three bottles of Melissa oil. And that is the second somebody's been exposed to something or has a hint of anything. I'm Any like, kind of viral. Three drops under your tongue yeah. every three hours. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Yeah. Yep. That's a great one yeah. for, for viruses and such. Yeah. Um, um, we haven't, we keep an EpiPen because we have uh, discovered that uh, there are occasional underground uh, hives. Oh, out, sure. out by the Euro Village, like right, you know, on the forest, like wasps and like wasps. Yeah, okay. like nasty. Oh, I, it's happened a couple times where I will just hear like Joel shrieking, like running to the house. Oh, bad. like so we do keep that in case it were to be, you know, yeah, really bad sometime. Yeah, which freaks me out. Um, it has like the the two like so the kids know like like a the sample one where mm-hmm. you can kind of do a practice. Yeah, yeah, that's a great um, idea. Yeah. Um, I always keep ibuprofen on hand. We don't use it mm-hmm. a lot, but again, super grateful to have that when need be. Yeah. We're Advil people. Yeah. It's there's always a jar in the drawer. Yeah. A bottle in the drawer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to be really careful of doing too much of anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Um, but the great thing is when you don't take it a lot, when you do take it, it really works. Mm-hmm. And it's really helpful. Um, so yeah. we keep a little stock up on that just so we make sure that we have that on hand. Um, and then I keep, you know, the kind of standard stuff, good cough drops, like little throat lozenges, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I have a gigantic cabinet full of oils. And, you know, I've been using them for a really long time, super comfortable using them, know how mm-hmm. to use them on my kids. And we rely on those for a lot of different things, you know. So I don't right. keep like a burn cream or anything like that because I know what oil to use for that. Same with like bug bites, um, headaches, sore muscles, um, growing pains, difficulty sleeping, you know, anxious stuff, upset stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, I rely on those a lot just because they're really great for long-term storage. They're really versatile. So you can hit a lot of different things um, and I'm comfortable using them. So Mm – we keep a we keep a big oil cabinet. I'm sure many of you who watch the videos on Patreon have seen it behind me because it's in my office. So, right. uh, and the kids know where it is and they know how to use a lot of it actually. And I think that that's really great for them. So yeah, yeah, pretty standard stuff. Oh, I also keep um, I make echinacea tincture, which is really good for any kind of mm-hmm. congestion, coughs, um, stuff like that. And so yeah. I keep. I make one of those every year. It's literally just echinacea flowers and leaves and roots steeped in vodka. And you you stick a few tablespoons of it in some hot water or some tea. And then I make fire cider every year, which is, again, really, really great for viruses. That's the one I haven't done. I haven't haven't tried that one. Yeah, (laughs) I should try that one. Yeah. Um, I have – I did – I do goldenrod for sore muscles. Okay. Goldenrod and like jojoba. Yeah. Yeah, Steep just in the the cooler in a ball jar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So – Pretty standard, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how other people keep their medicine cabinets, so I don't know if that's standard or not. But that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have another fun one. Okay. Do we have time for one more? We have time for one more. Mm-hmm. Haley. Best Haley. advice. What do, you, what do you have, Haley? Best advice for a newlywed wife. I'm getting in, married in September and would love your thoughts. Oh. This is oh, difficult because what kind of advice, Haley? Um Yeah. 
I re- <laughs> <laughs> we want to ask Kaylee to be more specific and come back next week with that one. Mailage, sweet mailage, mailage. <laughs> That's yeah. Marriage is a day by day. Um, we got a really sweet friend of mine, and she texts me this morning. She's like, "You guys never talk about your husbands on the podcast, like." Do you just have it all figured out or am I like doing something completely wrong? <laughs> and I responded, you know what? We're, we try to honor our husbands by not mm-hmm. talking about that on here. They did not want to start a podcast. Right. We wanted to start right. a podcast. And there's a lot that goes on in a marriage that is just private. And I know that our world doesn't like privacy and our mm-hmm. um, and we're supposed to just be out there and be authentic and da-da-da. Uh, no. Um, I am yeah. very happy and content to keep my marriage stuff, my marriage stuff, because mm-hmm. that is a very intimate relationship. But Haley, the first thing that comes to my mind is I remember calling my mom the year that Stu and I got married and I had like figured out marriage and she's like, okay, well tell me, like, what did you figure out? And I said, you can't expect him to see what you see. You have to communicate like the garbage needs to be taken out because he won't see it. <laughs> no, like, what does it feel like? Is is it like you're – is it like when they – you know, you're going blind and so you have, like, dark patches? Like, do they literally not see the can overflowing and the coffee grounds spilling on the floor? Like, well, in that first no. year, I was just like, this is fine. Like, I can do that. I can just be like, hey, honey, could you take out the garbage? And now here yeah. we are, you know, like 14 years in and I'm like, did you not see the garbage can? <laughs> Could you not? Do we not just take it out every night? <laughs> I'm teasing. My husband's very good at taking out the trash. But um, <laughs> but that was just really helpful for me to be like, we yeah. actually have to communicate. Like, and it yeah. even still now, whether you're mm-hmm. a newlywed different. or whether you're years different. In, it's different, yeah. but it's still good communication. Yeah. And it's hard. No, I mean, we are different. Oh yeah. Oh we, yeah. yeah. So different, but it still all hinges on good communication. Ask Angela. Mm-hmm. I called her last week and I was like, I'm kind of tired of being a communicator, if I'm going to be honest with you. I'd really like it if someone could just crawl in my head and mm-hmm. just not – I wouldn't have to just say all these things out loud. Um, right. But I think that's – I mean, it, so much hinges on – are we even on the same page here with this? And the only way right. to know is to communicate about it. Right. What about you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say the same thing. Like because it's just like, are we literally? You have to make sure mm-hmm. you're having somewhat of the same conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I'm when I need to have the kitchen clean so I can sleep tight tonight, that means your receipts cannot be on the counter. <laughs> Man, he must have really piled the receipts up lately. <laughs> You said receipts. Mine is more like random pliers and like putty knife and just like odd things that like, please don't scratch the marble. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right, Haley, if you mm-hmm. need a, if you were asking for something more specific, you can uh, yeah, DM us, us your question. Go follow us over on Instagram, Homemaker Chic Podcast. Send us your questions. We will filter through. Um, I'm kind of surprised at how many questions we got, but we're trying to be thorough and answer them and be helpful. So we've got a season ahead of us to answer these questions. So we would love to see them over there. Um, uh, What else am I missing? 
Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay. So this was the extended remix, yes. so we went long, longer than you all are used to, so we appreciate you holding out till the very end. Yes. Not the bitter end, the fabulous end, and it's fabulous because here is my recommendation. This is one of my favorite episodes. It's from January 18th, 2021, so you can Google this and okay. it'll come right up. In fact, this if you Google this, we're the only thing that comes up, so don't be afraid to type it in. Cardboard and crotch snaps. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that is the name of the episode. It's hysterical. If you're a little bogged down with <gasps> overflowing garbage and receipts on the countertop and you need to laugh, that is a fun episode. January 18th, 2021. Just type in cardboard and crotch snaps, homemaker chic. It'll come right up. I That's might, my recommendation. I might need to uh, listen you. to this one because I haven't listened to that in a very long time. And what if we. It's so funny. Okay. We, oh, I mean, we probably make idiots out of ourselves. Oh, I'm sure we but, do. Like I would I would recommend you circle back around if you haven't heard it. It's new to you. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast if you'd like to check that out. Of course, visit Angela's Old World Design Society. There's going to be a link to that right below the show. Super easy for you to click on over. And if you forget anything, any of the advertisers or any of the coupon codes, they're all at HomemakerChicPodcast.com where we make it really easy for you. You can just click them, copy, paste the coupon code, all that jazz. Okay, here we go. Questioning Your Summer, Season 12. Here we go. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.